I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Bailey Evan, and on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. As usual, I would love it if you guys subscribe to Kind of Cute wherever you listen to it. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, drop me a five-star rating and a written review, and it would literally make my day. And I will send you a Kind of Cute sticker if you slide into my DMs at Bailey Evan on Instagram. My mom had a bone to pick with me about this because she was talking about how she was listening to my podcast and I was talking about how I said she didn't listen and how I actually wrote the review for her on her phone and she was popping off on me like she was legitimately mad. So I'm sorry, mama. You know I love you. You know that you're my favorite person in the entire world uh, and I know I can say whatever I want to hear about you and that you'll still love me. So, But that is true though. You like I was not speaking false things like you had listened to some episodes of my podcast but it's not like you were a religious listener let's be real she was also cracking me up because she was talking about how she had heard Olivia Jade on Howard Stern and Olivia Jade famously is one of Lori Laughlin's daughters so she was one of the ones who scammed her way into USC pretended to be on the rowing team we've talked about this a lot in the past Operation Varsity Blues yada 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 So she was saying she heard, I don't know if it was actually Olivia Jade on Howard Stern or if he was just like using clips of her talking on her YouTube channel. I don't know. I didn't hear it. But according to my mom, she's like, I think like, you know, if this girl can make it big, I really think like you could make it big with your podcast because I just find you so much more entertaining. And again, clearly my mom is super biased. And I was like, mom, the difference is she is young, hot and rich. None of which I am. Like, I'm still pretty young, I guess. But I, Lori Laughlin is not my mother. And I don't weigh 90 pounds. And I don't, like, live that lifestyle. So I just, for some reason, that's what the Gen Z kids want these days. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gen Z kids, if you're listening. But I feel like if you look on TikTok, there's just a lot of that sort of aesthetic going around. And, you know, I would love it. I would love it if this podcast popped off. But I'm just saying I don't think I'm in the same spot as Olivia Jade to pop off. Let's put it that way. I wanted to provide you guys with some wholesome content this week. All of our articles we're covering are super fun, light, fluffy. And if you haven't yet, please watch Harry Styles' NPR Tiny Desk concert and look up the pictures he did for Beauty Papers magazine. He's wearing fishnets. The man can truly pull off anything. I just, I'm so jealous. Um, And back to Olivia Jade, I've been really contemplating during this time, like fully flexing my influencer muscles that I don't really have, but, you know, strengthening maybe, getting a little bit of a bicep curl on them because obviously I have more time on my hands and I have some like backlogged photos that I made my sister take of me and they're all super embarrassing, but I'm like, maybe this is my time to shine, become the influencer I've always wished to be, go beyond just my podcasting, my YouTubing, like really try to put out some Instagram pics. And, you know, one of my friends, actually Chelsea, who listens to this podcast, she's like so against influencers. And I'm sorry, Chelsea, if I'm exposing you here. And I think I understand what she's saying. She's against people who she feels like are not like using their voice for anything other than posting hot pictures and making money commissions off of basically being human advertisers. Um, I'm not above that. And like I said, I feel like my talents don't lie in my looks. So I think it would be coming from a more pure place, a very, you know, just wanting to be your best friend, big sister kind of place. 
so I don't know. I haven't done it yet, but I'm I'm really considering my options of just like really popping off on the Instagram content. I already love an Instagram story, but I'm just thinking about going there with like on feeding stuff. I learned that from the Bon Appetit Social Girls. They call it on feed when something actually makes it into like your grid versus just an Instagram story, you know? And speaking of influencer stuff, you've probably heard or maybe you haven't. I don't I don't know how widespread this is yet, but I do know a lot of big celebrities have been using it and it's this it's an app called Community. So Ashton Kutcher is one of the big investors and people like JLo are on it. Um I'm blanking Amy Schumer and they will post something like, "Hey, here's my phone number. Send me a text." And so basically like you click on the link, you put in all of your info, no, I'm sorry. First you send a text, then they send you a link, and then you put in all your info, like where you're from, your phone number. And basically I feel like it's sort of like a when you give your contact information to a company, but they make it seem like it's going to be a celeb like really messaging you. So Noah Centineo is one of the most recent people to be doing this, and you know I'm a thirsty Noah Centineo fan. So he posted, he was showing like screenshots of him texting with fans like and they'd be like is this really you send a selfie and so he'd like send the selfie and he was taking screenshots whatever so I just want to walk you through exactly how this conversation went so I text the number I say hi Noah exclamation mark he says yo it's Noah hit this link so I can save your contact and that's when you follow the link and you put in all your info so they know where you live they know your email address they know your phone number getting that data mining you know So then it's an automated message that says, dope, all caps, you're locked, save me too, two thumbs up emojis. Message frequency will vary. Your carriers and message and data rates may apply. Please help for help. Stop and cancel. This is automated. Okay. And then it says, this is automated, but every message after this is me. So dot, dot. What's good? You quarantining? And then it's like, you know, when you can send a contact via um, iMessage it's one of those and it says Noah Centineo so obviously I saved it now I have a cute little like picture of him at a diner drinking coffee or chocolate mi- milk I don't know so then I sent him a screenshot of the tweet that we discussed of him quite a few episodes back this was in November which to refresh your memory says there are so many variables that go into it but if you felt like they aren't fulfilling their role as your lover or partner and these feelings have been recurring for months then it probably isn't the birth control that's making you feel this way choose you heart emoji so I sent a screenshot of that and then I said I have a podcast called kind of cute where I discuss the cut and my fave pop culture things would be eternally grateful if you clarified this tweet like what does it mean who is it about is it a subtweet few hours later, he responds with, yo, I heard Florida is still raging for spring break, but I'm pretty sure it's mainly kids traveling from outside the state because Clearwater isn't the spot, LOL. What's it like down there for you? So I very promptly send this screenshot to Elena and I say, I think they need to work on the bots a little bit um, because I didn't mention Florida. I didn't mention quarantining in my text. And um, the other issue is, it's kind of a weird stock message to have. Like, why are we talking about how people are still raging for spring break? Although he is correct, I would say most of the people who are doing this are people from out of state and not actual Floridians. Because to be honest, as two Floridians, we never go to the beach. I'm talking about Kenzie and I here. Like, I couldn't even tell you the last time I went. So I would say that is correct. 
Um, but still, it just seems like, mm, 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 you know. So I responded with, true, true, you know, just social distancing, waiting to hear the explanation behind your tweet. And then I wrote it out in text because I was worried. I was like, well, maybe this app thing can't see if I send a picture. So I wrote out the text in its entirety. And then I said, literally my most burning question right now. So then I get a response. Yo, have we caught on that every message starts with yo? Is that really how Noah tweets in real life? Like poor Alexis Ren. Yo, the last two messages weren't autom- were automated, but this one isn't. Gonna try to text you back by the end of the hour. Make sure you're practicing social distancing. I know you've heard enough about it, but it's so possible to curb this if we take responsibility. Okay, so let's review. Um, he's saying this is not automated, but let's remember what the first message said. This is automated, but every message after this is me. So, dot, dot. Uh, but now he's saying the last two messages were automated, but this one isn't. But then he says, make sure you're practicing social distancing. When I just said, you know, just social distancing. <laughs> like, what is this app? Has like, <sighs> all right. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys are not are entertained by that. I am. Lena also sent me. Um, an Instagram picture saying that Lala and Miss Lala. Oh my God. I've, I've been watching too much Vanderpump rules, not Lala, Lana Del Rey and Mr. Popo sticks broke up, uh, which is sad because I love saying Mr. Popo sticks on this podcast. And that would have just been a great wedding to cover. She probably would have got her dress at Dillard's and I love that, but okay. We're getting into our first articles of the day and what we have up first on deck is how I get it done Shania Twain by Kathleen Hu and this is a series the cut does and I read a lot of these but I don't think I've ever included one on the podcast because usually it's about people who are you know really high up in whatever industry like fashion bosses tech bosses whatever they don't usually do actual your typical celebs very often um But I loved this for Shania's morning routine, and she has separate ones. So she's in Vegas and doing her show. She wakes up, and she feeds her horses, and she goes on a nice, relaxing horseback ride. But then when she's in Switzerland, she says she goes out in her pajamas, and she picks roses. It says, for the past 20-something years, I've been cultivating roses. I have about eight varieties, which bloom all season, like sunset roses. They have a white, soft center. I make bouquets, and I put them all over the house. All summer, my friends get arrangements. I also have lots of wonderful hydrangeas. I mean, is that the dream, or is that the dream? We talked about last week how Fran Drescher having $186 to burn on bodega flowers is the dream, but this might be better, like a full-on rose garden in Switzerland. And she then goes on to refer to herself in the third person and says, It's busy to be Shania. It says, My dog Melody goes on stage with me in the show, so when I get to my dressing room, I congratulate her first thing and talk about how well she did on stage that night. That's always fun. That's the lovely thing. Then we go home and I put the horses to bed. And if that shit ain't me and Gurgi, I don't know what is. I just tell him every day how wonderful he is and gas him the F up. So good on you, Shania girl. Um, oh, Kinsey was just in Vegas last week or the week before last week. Time is, is a, 
a construct right now. I don't even know. Uh, she was recently in Vegas and she was saying how she's sad she did not go see Shania Twain. And I am honestly very sad for her because she went to a magician instead, which I am all for the magician lifestyle. I'm kind of sad I've never been to like a legit magician show. Uh, at, that might be time for me. I really want to go to the one at the nomad in new york it's always sold out so far ahead of time and i've never been able to get tickets but if anyone's been let me know how it goes next up i think about this a lot cheryl crow's toilet paper controversy by trisha gilbride now y'all this article's from june 2019 so i'm not saying it's current but i'd say it's fitting for the times we're in um, according to this article, in 2007, Cheryl was touring around in an eco-friendly biodiesel bus with the producer of Al Gore's climate change doc and Inconvenient Truth. So hats off to Cheryl because she was trying to champion a conversation about global climate change back in the day. And I say back in the day because 2007 is the year that I started college and that feels like a distant memory vintage, if you will. So during this tour, Trisha writes that Cheryl wrote an instantly controversial blog post for the Huffington Post. The post offered a few options for anyone to reduce their carbon footprint, but it was the one suggestion concerning toilet paper usage that sparked outrage. Now, I don't want to rob any law-abiding American of his or her God-given rights, but I think we are an industrious enough people that we can make it work with only one square per bath per restroom visit, wrote Crow. Except, of course, on those pesky occasions where two to three could be required. Perhaps we should have always anticipated that the woman who kicked off one of her biggest hits with My Friend the Communist Holds Meetings in His RV would one day ruffle feathers like this. This recommendation was not another mere feel-good aphorism about being kinder to Mother Earth, but completely ruthless in its specificity. And because Crow is a shrewd blogger, she didn't dwell on the details, but rather kept the toilet paper edict down to one paragraph. Crow didn't even go so far as to say whether or not she had attempted the feat herself before moving on to another brilliant idea. Shirts with detachable sleeves that you can use as napkins. She threw a Molotov cocktail and let the rage views pour in. Suddenly, lots of people were clicking on a blog post about recycling. And then it goes on to state that Crow clarified that her comments were just meant in jest. But I just, again, I thought this was a delightful article. What can I say? I mean, it's so topical. And then I, I now every time I go to the bathroom, I start contemplating what it would be like to wipe with one square of toilet paper. Um, and what I've concluded is that your fingers would get very wet, so you might as well just use your hand. If you're going number two and you need two or three, I still don't really think that's going to cut it unless you have like a bidet situation. Um, I counted how many I used when I was consciously like, oh, maybe I should try to like cut back. I still use 10 pieces just for a pee-pee, okay? Like one is just not going to work. And that is that. Goodbye. We love supporting the environment. We love rationing our toilet paper. But, you know, one, it's just, mm, it's not going to cut it. One square is not going to cut it. I'm glad she said it in jest. And now let's get on to what is clearly my favorite article of this week. Now, I know we had discussed Alexis Haynes, Nee Nyers in episode 24, where we discussed her feud with Nancy Joe, And I put myself squarely in the camp of Team Alexis. And as an aside, I was recently watching a Tana Mojo vlog. And if you want some more chaotic energy in your life, if this podcast isn't enough, I highly recommend some Tana Mojo vlogs. They are so erratic and crazy and 
make me feel like I'm getting second degree chlamydia, but I can't stop watching. So she vlogged herself going on Alexis's podcast and it was a mind meld for me for sure. Just like seeing these two people who in a way have defined pop culture moments in their own ways at different times. And in this trying time we're in, it just, it was a mind meld. And before I get too excited, let's just get into the article. And it's called, And So It Is, An Oral History of the Infamous 2010 Reality Show Pretty Wild by Alana Kaplan. And I'm going to read you the little lead-in that Alana wrote because she summarizes it way better and more eloquently than I ever could. So she writes, Pretty Wild, which premiered on E! in 2010, was initially pitched as a comedic guilty pleasure. But almost immediately after filming began, it became a different, darker show. I'm sorry, I have to just pause for a second because I just realized Pretty Wild and Kinda Cute, they kind of go together, those names, right? Was I subliminally influenced by Pretty Wild in the naming of this podcast? The world will never know. This series focused... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, did, I, did I even finish my thought on that? Did I... Did I say that it immediately became a darker show? Okay, Kenzie's not a good producer. Anyways, the series focused on three sisters, Alexis and Gabby Nyers, 18 and 15 respectively, and 19-year-old Tess Taylor, their adoptive, air quotes, sister, who would often live with them to escape a toxic family situation, plus their mother, Andrea Arlington, as they navigated the Hollywood social scene and chased fame. A season of pole dancing, making out with D-list singers and actors, and being homeschooled with a curriculum based on The Secret would have been wild enough. But a criminal investigation into Alexis Nyer's involvement in The Bling Ring, a series of Hollywood burglaries, changed the series' narrative. It's been 10 years since Pretty Wild aired, and the cast and crew, minus Tess Taylor, who declined to be interviewed, gave the cut an inside look at how the entertaining and ultimately exploitive series was made. Exploitative? Exploitative? Mm. So what follows is quotes from the cast and crew, minus Tess Taylor. And it's really interesting because it quotes from the mom, Andrea, the little sister, Gabby, Alexis, producers on the show, Alexis's lawyer, Dan Levy, who created the show. And it's crazy because you can tell that they are giving answers separate from one another, but their answers are written in sort of a narrative format. So at times, like, they completely contradict each other, which just makes for an interesting read because you have Alexis saying one thing and then a producer saying something completely opposite. And one of the parts of it that I found super fascinating was that the girls are convinced that production hid Tessa's dog Lola and they thought it was lost. And this is a very iconic scene in the show where they're all running around in the rain screaming, Lola, Lola, Lola. And I mean, I can't blame them. I would be equally as frantic if I thought Gurky was gone. It would be freaking World War III pandemonium up in here if I thought he was lost. So I get it, but it's just the way they approach everything with such dramatics, it really does kind of make for a funny scene. So the producers interviewed are like, WTF, these girls are crazy enough on their own. Trust me, we didn't have to make drama for them. The dog just happened to wander into Video Village, which was basically a garage where the production would sit with all their stuff, you know, all the electrical stuff to produce a show. And that's why I guess the girls thought that production had hit it because the dog just happened to wander in there. So I don't know which side you're going to take on that, but we may never know the real truth. And one thing I've heard Alexis talk about before is that production rented them out a house to film in because they were in a townhome at the time, but the HOA of the townhome wouldn't let them film. So production totally just puts them up in this house. 
And I also loved this crazy tidbit. It says, um, this is from Jeff Rubenstein, who was Alexis's lawyer. And he says, as far as attention, she kind of failed upwards. She got incarcerated and she was in the cell next to Lindsay Lohan. They were together the brief period of time that she was in custody. They were just in jail watching themselves on TV, Lindsay and Alexis. It was the wall between reality and fantasy and media. It was all just blurring and blending together. You couldn't make this stuff up. And this is what I mean. Like this whole thing was just such a fortuitous thing of timing. And again, a mind melt. The fact that... She was in jail with Lindsay Lohan, one of the very houses that they infamously robbed. Like, there is nothing more meta than that. It, it just goes to show that that time of pop culture, we will never be able to replicate it in 2020. Like, nothing will ever top it. Uh, try to tell me otherwise. So this next part is about the iconic Nancy Joe scene. And one of the producers, Amber Mazzola, she was an executive producer, She talks about it this way. She says, I remember an executive at E! called me and said, hey, Amber, the article came out in Vanity Fair. We have the magazine here. Alexis was really psyched about the article. Somebody had a copy, so I grabbed it, and the producers were reading it, and were like, oh, gosh, this is not as positive as Alexis thinks it is. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick with the mailbox when she – I'm going to stick – with the mail. I think she's trying to say she's sticking it in the mailbox when she goes to get her mail for the day. They'll see it and they'll read it. It was kind of ridiculous because it's obvious that I put it in the mailbox. They checked their mail and they all gathered around really excited to read it. And then obviously you've seen the scene. You had the easiest scenes to cut in history for an editor because you really didn't have to edit anything. And that is the famous Nancy Joe. I was wearing two inch BB brown heels. No, I added kitten last time. It doesn't say that. It's just Actually, I think it's four inch, four inch BB brown heels. We'll insert the audio again. Why not? Uh, But again, it's just funny that that was a producer like literally putting it in the mailbox. And then another producer was talking about why there wasn't a second season. And he says, I won't name names, but one of the people who had been in some trouble got a scheduled visit from the parole officer, and the parole officer found them doing drugs. I think they were literally smoking Oxycontin. He became aware, and they were unhappy about it. And this is just interesting because Alexis has been very open about her drug use and that she was super high on Oxy and other shit the whole time that this was going on, and it's part of the reason that she got sort of drug into the bling ring. But I also thought it was interesting that Chelsea Handler was one of the producers of the show and she didn't want a second season because she had felt like it had gotten too dark and she wanted a comedy but hello it was literally the best tv i've ever seen to this day and i think we talked about this in episode 24 about how they were taught using the secret and how they were all into manifesting and i think they all sort of believe in manifesting to this day which you know i do too and i i think they talked about this on the show or I don't know. I've definitely heard this before, but in case you haven't, they said, you know, every day they would do their secret stuff. They would say, and so it is. And two weeks later, they got the offer for this show. Bada bing, bada boom. The rest is history. Uh, And that's all of our articles for today for legit shit. First of all, I want to say something I'm sure you guys are all super aware of, but it's a great time right now to support your local businesses, economy, buy some gift cards, get out there, get the takeout, get the delivery. Think of other businesses, not just the food ones that are being impacted by this, but whatever. I know I don't have to lecture you guys about this. You're all little smarty pants. So I'm still going to give you just a legit shit item of the week. And that is Biosance 100% squalane oil. It's a plant-based oil. 
and my skin just loves it it drinks it up it's just a great oil you can use it all over your body i like using it on my face but you can totally use it on your hair your body your feet your toes your cuticles wherever you want and I'm telling you, it's great. You can get it at Sephora. You can get it at Biosance itself. I put a little affiliate link in the show notes if you want to check it out. I don't think you can go wrong with it. I think it's like one of those things that can really work on any skin type. And I will see you next week. Bye. And y'all, I know I said goodbye, but I wanted to hit you with a little smooth treat at the end. And this is JoJo's sick Corona beat. I never thought Corona could be such a nasty bitch but now that she's here boy all i want is for you to use common sense stay right now do it for humanity i'm dead ass about that but we will survive so you don't learn how to cook now and practice good hygiene i know you're bored and want to fuck around but not on me Tell me why you're acting so confused when the CDC laid it out for you. Come on, I know you're not dumb. Go behind my back and hit the bar. Shows how immature you really are. Keep exposure to a minimum.